Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast, where we definitely didn't have Steve say one of the dirtiest things he said in a long time right before we started recording. Uh, Steve, would you like to repeat it? Uh, No, thank you. I didn't think so. You're a smart man. Um, We have a couple things to discuss this week. Um, We're going to kick it off, though, with uh, a spoiler alert, because Steve, while Steve has not seen Bo is Afraid yet, Steve is here. And Steve will listen. But Miles is here. Hi, I'm here. And Miles has seen Bo is Afraid. Boy, have I. And he brought slash subjected his wife Kelly to it as well. Ah, yes. I also saw it. And I regret everything. Well, we're not bearing the lead, I guess. (laughs) Uh, For those of you who saw online, you probably have a sense of what... um, their thoughts were but i've been on the record saying i was befuddled and largely upset by the most unpleasant of experiences that that movie presents but let's open up the floor to miles and kelly so uh, again spoiler alerts we are going to get into what goes on in this movie but if it helps it still won't make any sense yeah keep that in mind plot details are irrelevant here um so, yeah, it's, I mean, what do you say? <laughs> I don't know. This movie, like... You can't really say anything. <laughs> no, it it defies description in a lot of ways. Um, I've, he- I've heard Ari Aster describe it as a Jewish Lord of the Rings, which is certainly, mm. I mean, it's true in runtime, if nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, definitely words that maybe make a sentence. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a very, you know, indulgent reading of your material. Um, I don't know. This is this is exactly the kind of artsy fartsy wankery that I just have no patience for. Um, it's the David Lynch problem where like there probably is a lot of great like thematic like subtext going on, a lot of great visual metaphors and all sorts of things happening. But if the core experience of watching the film is this viscerally unpleasant, then I just c- couldn't care less. Um, sure. Like. It's well made. I still think Ari Aster is a really gifted, you know, you know, filmmaker. He knows. Oh, how this to, is you know, this is his atmosphere. vision. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. making the movie he wants to make. Like there are no failures here. All the negative experiences we're having are features rather than bugs. Yeah, to some degree intended. So like, yes. there there's a there's a type of audience member who likes this movie, and this is not a critique on anyone who likes it, but it is very much. Asking you to spend three hours watching bad things happen to someone with largely no redemption and to sort of just put you in the mind frame of this type of character. And to 90% of the movie-going audience, that is a terrible thought. Like, it's hard enough to get – like, Kelly is not a good example because, Kelly, you go to a lot of things and you are you're seem fairly I open-minded do. when it comes to I what do. Miles watches. But – Given your yes, <laughs> given given, <laughs> given your druthers, uh-huh. I would imagine you would sooner have gone to see almost anything, anything else. else. Literally, exactly. Yes, just yeah. anything you know, else. In the Leave same my way that Miles in the theater to watch it, and I'll sure. In the same way that <laughs> in the same way like Miles is like, ugh, Ticket to Paradise. That looks like a movie I don't need to ever see. But you look at Bo anyway. is Afraid and go, exactly. So they're, they're tra- I, I don't it's know tra- that I was dreading Ticket to Paradise as much as she was dreading. This girl, like, has the popcorn and soda in her hands and is dragging her feet in the theater like, oh, do we have to? Like, we're literally here. We've already scanned our tickets. Can like, I just see something else? Oh, my gosh. Look, Super Mario's right there. Anything but this oh, movie. No. Don't see that twice. <laughs> Uh, that would be yes. preferable. That would the movie is shorter. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I don't. I don't know that shorter would have been better necessarily, but it mm. wouldn't have been worse. It was still would have made no sense. Yeah, but I think no. sense was never the goal here. There, no, there quite was zero sense. It made me. It made me angry. <laughs> well, that's just Same. it. It creates these feelings, you know, which you know, I, exactly like you were saying, Joey. You got to sort of. 
they want to put you in the mindset of the character, but the character is agitated all the time. So you just are agitated all the time yeah. for three hours. Yep. And it's a that's three that's hour not, panic attack. Yeah. And Basically. that's not fun. And that's not enjoyable. And that's not, I don't know. It's like, I'm just not getting anything out of it. And, you know, the actors are all committed. They're all doing what is asked of them in one way or another. The Joaquin um, Phoenix is not being guided in any way, shape, or form, I think. Listen, he's doing what the script he, ever he wants. sort of gave him and whatever he wants to do. Yeah, but frankly, we've seen him be too much better to kind of accept something that's quite as one note as this. And And it's probably more to do with the character on the page, but like... I don't know. There's just nothing dynamic about the guy. So like watching his journey over this time, like you feel like all his growth happens in the last like five seconds of his screen time. You know what I mean? So what sure. else do you do with with the movie after that? It's just it's just a lot of somebody says something outrageous to him and he looks befuddled at them. And there's and it is three hours of that. I will. It's say almost. This. Oh, go, sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, no, go no ahead. I, I was just going to say, I will say this. And just to put it out there, I I do applaud Patty Lapone. Sure. I I thought she did a really fantastic job. Everybody might, some people might argue with me, but I, I think it went back and forth. Yeah. I think there are there are parts of it where I'm like, oh shit, this is a great performance, and some part where she's just like yelling, and I'm like, nope, you're you're in the same mm-hmm. shit burger movie that everyone else is in all of a sudden. But maybe because I'm a fan of Patty Lapone, I just I don't know. Sure. I, I thought well, it was a brilliant performance on her part. Um, but this two and a half movie, hours too late. It, yeah, this movie did not really uh, give her much of a that. Well, highlight. that's just it. She doesn't show up until the end, and then like, yeah, I agree with you. I think acting wise, she's probably best in show for whatever small merit that's worth. But um, yeah, it is too little, too late, and it's just it do, it doesn't it just confuses the issue rather than like clarifies it. Well, that's and everything. You're spending in this movie. all you're spending all of her screen time trying to figure out what it is she's saying. You can't really even take the time to appreciate whatever emotional texture is happening because you're so confused well, and angry. Well, because at the movie <laughs> because the movie repeatedly either sets up this failure you know is about to happen. It just it plays dirty pool with you because. Mm. It, it it doesn't it has its own rules that it abides by, but it doesn't tell you what the rules are. No. Yeah. So you have you have no way of knowing if it's even playing fair with the with the audience, with the characters, because you're like you said, we're we're just in his head for three hours. So for one, is this everyone's reality? Is this just Bo's reality? There's no guideline to that. Which is not necessarily well, yeah, a problem. It's, it, it's it's weird where it's like mostly the real world, but also there's like the forest community and there's the fact that everyone in Bo City is apparently a crazy homeless person. And like, I don't, there's like weird, fantastic, I mean, there's obviously the big thing towards the end, but like. We'll get there in even a minute. Thro- even throughout, there's these sort of fantastical elements that, and you know, everything about the uh, the performance in the middle, which is, by the way, the best part of the movie, like, by a lot. Oh, hands down. Um, gorgeously animated and just this whole sequence from the team that did The Wolf House. Um, so, just beautiful stuff. Like, watch that movie scene in isolation on YouTube when it's available. It's the only part of the movie that's worth your time. Uh, yes, absolutely. And that's all well, you need. Well, yeah, because it's three hours of... A person having bad things happen to them, mm-hmm. making the wrong decision or not a decision or making a decision that then is determined to be the wrong one. And then they're punished and the movie ends. Like there's just what are you supposed to take from it beyond, oh, this is what it feels like to feel that way. Well, and Joey, I know you're not as big a fan of this one as I am, but would you agree that a serious man is basically trying to do a similar thing but is infinitely more successful? Yes, because that movie, you know, I, that's sort of where I really honed in on, like, I think the Coens can be mean, but they're telling a coherent story where everything's just like a little askew. So he's befuddled while everyone else is like, this is completely normal, but you're meant to feel that way here. I don't know what you're meant to feel. And they're just the level of weirdness. <laughs> well, yeah, the w- well, level of weirdness like- isn't consistent. 
Well, that's exactly it. Some characters act like real people. Some don't. Like some, like Nathan Lane and Amy Ryan have a whole weird home situation that's not really ever adequately explained. No, but they're there's... also kind of like working for Mona, and they also try to like help. Which is Bo like, but, clear. But, like, but they never very clear. Yeah, they never no. circle back around to that to make that make more sense. So it, it's kind of a meaningless detail at the end. Yeah, of the but day. like, why? It, why are they the only two who seem to be looking out for him, even though he's failing? You know whatever tests are being put for it, not, again nothing nothing it, makes it, it's like if you step back enough from it you can kind of see the broad outline of what the movie's going for sure and every like, every scene is Bo going oh my god what's the worst thing that could happen to me and then that exact thing happens you know what's his right. what's his fear oh if i if i leave my my door open everyone's just going to get into my apartment and they immediately get into his apartment if that i don't is a do a pretty funny I, scene actually <laughs> Yeah, like that's the thing. Like that's one of those in isolation. Like this is weird and, and strange. And like, but also you're like, we've been here for like 45 minutes and he hasn't left his house yet. Like, the, oh yeah. no. Oh no. Also, it has a thing Kelly and I hate. Oh. His apartment. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. you hate them too? Okay. Yep. As soon as I saw that sign on the win- on the door, I was like, it's oh, like, one. fuck no. Oh, yep. God. It's going to 100% be there. And then it's just waiting. And then it runs away. So you're like, oh, great. It's going to come back later. Yep. And then it sure does. Man, the way in which it comes back is definitely, they definitely zig and then zag. Which I'm kind of grateful that they didn't like linger too long on it. It could have been worse, to be honest. It could have been worse. I also did did hint at where it was, just in case you needed to know. No, I appreciate that. Because, yeah, that was awful. It's a great yeah. note to start on. Yeah, very yeah. good. <laughs> but then, like, what's with the you know? So, so obviously, the 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 city block is like exaggeratedly like it's it's what Donald Trump thinks Chicago is essentially. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, when he goes outside to get the water, because of course, for this human being, there would be no water when he needs to take water with his of pill. Of course, of course. Which, like, oh. again, not in individually bad. But as it's building on you, it's like, oh, no, I think this is just going to be this again and again and again. But then he goes to get the water and the, and the guy's like, oh, and it's just hassling him. But it's such a low-key aggression by comparison that it, it, it throws off the, the what little balance might have been there. And the movie never tries to do that again. It just does whatever the fuck it wants. Well, that's just it. It, it. it introduces so many interesting ideas, and any one of them, if explored further, could have worked as an interesting basis for the story. Or even just like pick a handful of them, but it's going in so many different directions that it leaves itself too thin. And then like the stuff that works, because there are a handful of like jokes or like, you know, just comedy beats that like work shockingly well. Yeah, it again, is occasionally Ari- very funny. Yeah, because again, Ari Aster is a really good filmmaker and you know, this movie is not a movie that I enjoy, but I don't dislike it because I think it's poorly made in any way, shape, or form. No, it was made it's very just, well. It's And listen, you look at the tomato meter, you look at the critical consensus, it's pretty divisive, but like more leaning positive than I would have expected for something like this. So it has an audience, however small it may be. Yeah, I think to some degree there's there's people who are willing to just give themselves over to a director's vision and accept whatever it is. I'm like, okay, this is the movie they made and I accept it as being a good movie. And then I backtrack from there. And and honestly, that's not it's not a huge issue. You can see a movie however you want. We see that all the time with other things. We see it with superhero movies. We see it with an actor you like. People will contort themselves sometimes when they maybe more accurately will be like, well, I don't really know what I think of this movie, which is also a fine reaction to have. Also, considering this is a movie that includes a giant penis monster in the third act. Yes. So glad we had that instead of a giant spider. So I'm conflicted. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Which one but there's so worse? many things. Yeah. Well, there's so many things that just doesn't bother to answer like it does a lot of zigging when it's you would think it might zag but also it's impossible to know because nothing makes sense but like here here's a here's a thing that'll just confuse everyone more but if anyone knows the answer feel free to let us know why why does parker posey die 
Because I think Bo has a radioactive penis or something's wrong with his penis. <laughs> because Nathan Lane is like, oh, you should go get that looked at. It's quite swollen. Well, yeah. Does, well, that, like that's his testicle or something, isn't it? Well, his testicle is a giant because he's never evacuated You see it, you see it like in them. brief glimpses, yeah. Yes, well, the whole just like all this stored up comes. So I think it's you know what it is. It's that scene from the first scary movie where like she comes for the first time and he's like splattered against the ceiling. It's oh, you think he just like ruptured her internal ver- organs? Oh. Yeah, I think it's the art house version of that. So he killed her with his sperm is basically what he killed. He killed her by coming so hard. Oh, it, like okay, he killed her with- like gave her an internal hemorrhage or something with his boys. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. No, um, he did what's called uh, in the on Urban Dictionary, living the dream. No, I'm kidding. Uh, oh. It's <laughs> no. I had to figure out what's the worst comment you can make there. But no, it makes no sense. Is again what you go back to because well, it's well, just it a zig. Makes sense. It just they no. they they keep circling back around to that plot line, and then she just dies, and she's carried away, and it literally has no bearing on anything else. So just like. It's it's another example of just like all these disparate ideas that never like it doesn't all come together at the in the end in a way that's remotely satisfying. Also, like well, his mom her, is still alive and faked her death because she thought he wasn't going to come anyway. So in order to get him to come, she faked her death. Is basically or something. I mean, quite. I mean, quite literally in that in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Like. Well, yeah. He came and then he came. Oh. Yeah. Is that the moral of the story? That he came twice? Yes. See, that's the problem. You should only come once. Mm. Maybe that, that's, that's why. That's what they don't tell growing boys in their 50s going on 78. Yeah, I mean. Oh. <laughs> oh dear. I, but yeah, I it's, it really it's, pissed it, me off. Exactly. It's, uh, it, that scene, I think, especially. Because it, it's one of many where you just throw up your hands and be like, what are you, what, what are you doing? What, like, just what the fuck do you, I mean, can I, I'm going to say fuck anyway. Yeah. Um, just we just said the, come. Do you think fuck was not okay? I don't know. I don't know the rules. Some programs you know, draw re- weird lines. Don't you remember how friends could never say, could never say fuck, but Chandler said come all those times on the episodes? <laughs> So I never did see Friends, so... Oh, so you might you might think it's true. I'm Chandler. I might, Could I, I be might. coming anymore? I believed you. Um, just what the general fuck was that movie? <laughs> just what the actual fuck? <laughs> just... Yeah. No, it's, it's... I don't know. Like, if you think that you might get something out of it, by all means, like... Go you for know, it. everyone can make their own opinion on it. But I'm not gonna like recommend it to a soul. Oh I yeah, yeah. Very, oh no. I had a miserable time watching it. I spent most of it like checking my phone, which I never do. No. Um, or like you know, just like tediously like things like oh god, we okay, got at least another two up. hours. Oh god, there's at least another oh, hour. Oh, there's like, it was, more. Like it never got better. It, it peaks in the middle with the animated sequence, which is genuinely really good. At, but like, and again, that hints. But also means better, nothing. No. Well, no, it's it's totally an isolated short film of, of a thing, but like the movie could have been closer to that kind of like fantastical I was gonna, vibe, I was gonna and that might have at least been that. something for it to latch onto. It never establishes its baseline. There's no, no. baseline no. of normalcy or of craziness. So just when things happen, it's it's never clear how far outside the realm of normalcy this is because you see like which is the the commercials on the tv and they're like robocop style like they're basically parodies oh yeah um, all this all the signs in this town and the graffiti every, i mean and all the, you, want, yeah. you want to talk about cum jokes everything's a cum joke in his in, <laughs> on both street yeah like jesus christ so like i don't know like they, they never quite the world is is too ill-defined for you to care like when things go over the line because it's not clear where the line is. Yeah, because you're willing to, like, you're willing to go with it. And, like, at the beginning, like, when you're first walking through his building yeah. and there's all the graffiti mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, the the cum farts, like, does it mean yeah. something? And then pretty soon you're like, oh, no, like, Ari no. Aster's also, like, being juvenile, like, which I respect. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, like, why? What does it mean? Which is the frustrating no part point. is there's no point but we we just talked about there not being a baseline. Like Midsummer, sure, very specifically creates yeah. its baseline before it, it gives you here's a completely different way the world works. 
Absolutely. Well, and I would argue uh, Hereditary does a really good job they of establishing did. a baseline and then slowly nudging that baseline over the course of the movie. They both sure. did. This one did not. This Th- this one, th- yeah, there was no baseline. The baseline was a squiggly line. <laughs> this one started. <laughs> this one started with Florence Pugh wandering around in a bear costume and uh, Tony Collette climbing on the ceiling. And you're supposed I to be like, yeah, that's cool. That movie. Well, he's saying to, they started oh, at those extremes. Sorry, no, but I want. Oh yeah, sure, yeah, no, if too. <laughs> I want. I mean, that. if both of them showed up, would you have uh, batted an eye at that point? I would have been into that. Well, and I think that's why the the penis monster, ironically, feels so flaccid because it comes yeah. so late. <laughs> it's given so little explanation, and like. It's just like this random piece of imagery you're shown, and then it's gone, and it's just like, well, why? Like, what was even the point? What of do you that? want from me? Like, why? What why are we, we looking at this? That? What are we doing here? Yeah. So no good. But what and then it, as, as, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I. No, I was ahead. just gonna ask, would it have been better if it was more of the animation, or would it have been more successful that way? I, well, I, I think a it was beyond movie at that point. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's beyond redemption, but anything no. different would have been interesting. No, what I was going to say as we sort of move on so we can involve Steve again mm-hmm. is, um, you know, he 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 sees the penis monster. He thinks he kills his mother. The second time his mother supposedly dies and then sails away, right? And you're like, oh, thank God it's about to end, right? Yeah. And then yeah. you get a 20-minute oh, trial scene. Oh, my God, oh, the trial. Turned- <laughs> yeah, I was so checked out by the time we got to the trial. You looked at me and you said, oh, my God, there's more. Like, I was slumped down in my seat. I was like, Ugh. The life was-, was taken out of you. Yeah. And it's just, listen, yeah. man, if you if you connect with this movie, if this movie resonates with Good you, then I'm very happy for you. I'm very happy for Ari Aster, who tricked A24 into paying $35 million plus marketing for his thing. Therapy Kudos session. I hope he made yeah. some kind of breakthrough. Um, you know, I'm sure there's some very personal meaning in all of it. I I would I would I would pay to see. I would rather have the money we spent on tickets have gone towards seeing footage of his mother seeing the movie for the first time and just her reaction yeah. throughout. <laughs> that would have been a better movie. Yeah, that, that's Any- more interesting to me. Or literally anything would have been a better movie. Yeah, it's we we yep. talked about it, and I think it actually is lower than uh, Skin of Rink on both of our lists. I have never felt so Same. violent after watching that movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just exhausting and miserable and boring. And I yeah I the 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 small little pockets of brilliance here or there like are worthless in such a meandering hole. Yeah, just wait until you see uh, Master Gardener. Oh, I, I'm, I have zero plans of watching Master Gardener. I don't want to know. No, they're both in my bottom of the year. Okay. Um, so that was Bo is Afraid. Um, Kelly's going to go to sleep, I think, now, right? Yes, it's way past my bedtime, y'all. So thanks for having me. Uh, Say where you can be followed if you'd like. Anywhere. But here. Like 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 on the street? No, not anywhere. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't have people coming to our house. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. Well, it depends who. Uh yeah. Uh you can follow me at K Hughes Illo at on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and that's about it. Um, you can come over if you like, but I'm gonna be um really boring, so <laughs> but you can still come over anyway. There you My go. Open invitation, gentlemen. <laughs> All right. Uh, but what's the sucks? Bye. Can that be our like uh, our outro. Yeah. There you go. There you go, Steve. Well, we have to get Steve back now. Oh, hold on, hold on. Kelly and I are going to do some ASMR for you. Oh, we're before, gonna before she leaves. Don't you know you always be my baby? Um, you just need some like uh, Mariah Carey in the background during that. Ugh. Yep. All right. Well, uh, while Steve uh, ramps back up, you want to talk about Evil Dead? Oh yeah, we also saw Evil Dead. Which uh, Kelly's in the process of leaving the room, but you liked it, didn't you, Kelly? I'm a big fan. There we go. Good night. Night.
Uh, yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun. It's, um, you know, this franchise doesn't miss and uh, it continues to not miss. Um, the closest thing to a nitpick I would have is just that, like, it's exactly what I expected it to be, which isn't a bad yes. thing necessarily. But, like, I don't know that whereas unlike the um, the 2013 remake where sort of, I don't know the visceral nature of the body horror was a bit more novel here. It's like, there wasn't any moment. I mean, there's definitely moments like the, the cheese grater where it's like, Oh, but at the same time, it's like, it's, I don't know. It's, it's doing everything right. Alyssa Sutherland in particular is the main dead eye mother is yes. like, man, what an iconic horror performance. Like she deserves to like be the female equivalent of like the guy who plays art, the clown. I want to sure. see more of her in genre stuff. Um, same with Lily Sullivan as the main, um, Ash equivalent. She's really good. Um, my other nitpick is that they bring in a chainsaw for the finale and the way in which the chainsaw gets there is a little ham fisted, I would say. Um, a little bit, but yeah, these are nitpicks. I mean, it's a great evil dead movie. It's every bit as gory and bloody and goofy and scary as you would want it to be. Like again, Alyssa Sutherland, like the stuff she's doing with just her performance and her face and her body language is like scarier than a lot of the effect stuff half the time. Um, yeah. It's like so I, yeah. like I said last week, it's lean and it's mean. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah. And there's no surprises. I mean, I guess it, it puts the children in more danger than I think we realized going in. Yeah. I mean, I, I did have a prediction on exactly who would live yeah. and who would die. And I was right. But um yeah, I, I appreciate that they didn't pull their punches because it would have been really easy to like kill everyone and then be like, oh, actually, we read the, the reverse incantation. So everybody's fine. No, they made a big point of this one of being like, no, this is uh, unkillable and unbeatable. You're just kind of screwed. Um, I am very curious to see what this filmmaker does next, especially considering like how practical so much of this is. But uh, but yeah no it's it it scratches a it scratches a very specific itch for horror without I think doing anything so wildly creative that you're that it becomes above and beyond it just yeah, has like emotional stakes yeah oh yeah that too no it doesn't reinvent the wheel it's just a new very solid Evil Dead movie it does right by the franchise it feels right at home I would say it's maybe tonally the bridge between the Fede Alvarez and the Sam Raimi sort of visions uh yes and no it's still pretty damn serious it's it's leaning leaning more serious but I think it's in general maybe a bit lighter touch than Fede Fede stuff is just so like gnarly all the time yeah, that was that was almost um, not quite the point of parody, but like you could parody how serious that was. Yeah, you know, like like Cabin in the Woods is almost like winking at that one with like, yeah, the ominous music at every couple of seconds because they've got problems. Well, Cabin in the Woods came out first, but yes, but you know what I mean. Same idea. That's what it was parodying. That sort of super serious version of the setup for horror. Um. But let's uh, oh. let's pivot from that to a horror-based question. What do you think of that? Well, I mean, you could be more enthusiastic, but it's all right. All right, we have a we have a maybe maybe less enthusiastic. <laughs> well, that's horny. That's different. All right. So K Flea two oh eight asks us for a two-part Mount Rushmore. A Mount Gushmore, perhaps. Part one, what is the Mount Rushmore of goriest or bloodiest scenes in horror movies? And part two, what is the Mount Rushmore of goriest or bloodiest movie scenes in a non-horror film? Yes. So, horror film. Um, what is the goriest scene? That is a hard one to uh, figure out. So we're going to think about this for a second because, hmm, let me uh, figure this out. Also, Miles lost power, so we're going to, we're going to stand by on him and uh, talk a little, talk a little CinemaCon while we wait, just for a second. Not necessarily even the specifics because you can look up the specifics, but I wanted to um, sort of 
say how interesting it is. And Steve, I'm curious if you have thoughts about this, that CinemaCon is now a coverable thing as opposed to what it originally was and still technically is, which is just a um, theater distributor. You know, like the like the theater operators are supposed to get like teased. You're supposed to go to CinemaCon if you own a theater and go, oh, here's what I can sell. Like, here's what I can make money off of this year. I can show Top Gun. I can show The Flash. You know, I can show Barbie. They, you know, they have all these presentations for all sorts of films. Like, Book Club, the next chapter is there because if you want to sell your tickets to old people, they're there. So it's it's very specific in what it's trying to do. But I think in the last couple of years, it's really become also kind of like a mini Comic-Con. It's kind of how it feels like with it. the with the trailer debuts and things like that, right? How do you feel about it? I mean, it's a different world. They have to do it now. I think it's yeah. to keep it closed to people within that industry and that side of the industry uh, is too self serving. It just it needs to spread out and and serve the whole industry, get people excited. Because look at look at the buzz about it this time around. I think there's you know the most that I, I recall seeing. And when you when you open the doors, you know, for, especially for something mm-hmm. that's kind of fading, and the excitement, you know, there's a lot of people who want uh, theaters to 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 survive. But uh, there's, I think, there's a lot of people who just don't really care at this point. So the more you remind people how important it is and how great the cinema experience is, the better. And, and this is a good way to do that. So I say, well done. Sure. It's, it it I mean, must stink for the guy who owns a theater. It's like every year he gets treated like royalty, and this year he's just probably you know 400th role. But hey, well, I think last year because of Top Gun, like they showed Top Gun Maverick mm-hmm. months out, right? And it was a big deal. Oh no, they showed it the year before. I think the whole thing, maybe. No, they showed a big clip the year before, and then they showed the whole thing last year. And, and people went nuts over it. So I think that also sort of moved people in that direction. But yeah, I, I, I didn't really consider going. I know a lot of people wanted to go because they wanted to just see The Flash. Which, you know, we'll see it in June or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, don't, I don't mind waiting. I mean, we see so many things early th- at this point that... Yeah, like, I, listen, if I was, like, if I was invited... Sure, but pursuing it—that mm, seems—that seems a little weird, especially because you're mostly seeing those twenty-minute clips and presentations. And like, I—I I will go to those when I'm invited. Like, I went to Pixar for that for for one of theirs. I've done those things before, but I don't know that I need to necessarily watch, you know, segment after segment after segment after segment. But at the same time. If you go, you have to have that assumption that that's what you're going to be doing. We we were talking about this off air about, about people who were commenting about like, oh, I'm not going to watch this because I'll just see the whole thing in a little bit. Like, but you know that's what this is. Mm-hmm. It's just it's puzzling to me. Yeah, I I mean it's different though than like a Comic Con because I'm a, it sounds like it's in one you know one uh, theater, right or arena or whatever it would be in. It's, it's in, not- yeah, it's in like it's, it's in a convention center like that. But do you hop around from different showings? I don't know. I actually don't know. Because if there's not that it with, – with the Comic-Con, the excitement is, okay, you got in. You're one of the few. If everybody is getting to see the same stuff, it doesn't – you know, it's – okay. Whatever the number of attendees yep. are, it's not, it doesn't have the same amount of, you know, excitement, energy to it. So – Sure. Um, there are – you know, and then honestly, I can understand – I can't understand going and then saying I'm going to put my headphones on or I'm going to sit this one out or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's different than like going to a film festival and needing to take like I'm going to skip this screening just because I need to recharge yeah. as opposed to like yeah. I'm here to watch presentations and I'm just not going to watch this one because I want to see the whole thing. Yeah, like when we do Comic Con every year, I'm I must get in a few probably forty or fifty miles of mm. walking uh, over the days. I take thousands of photos. I'm all over the place. I'm, I work for weeks to line things up to try to get as much as possible. I I, I love it, and then Wait, I and then I crash hard uh, on the, the Monday after because it's just nonstop for four days. 
But to go to something and then yeah, to tune out, I'm like, and then why were you there? You know what? There's other yeah, invites. Joey's waiting. Give him a, you know, no headphones. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I got AirPods instead. Um, here, let's take a question. Uh, Robert, our own Robert Hamer actually asked, if this is too heavy a question for the podcast, feel free to ignore. We can talk about it real quick. I don't know that we have a ton to say, but it's worth addressing. He says, do you see any lasting industry or regulatory or even cultural changes in the wake of the Rust shooting? Yes, the criminal charges against Alec Baldwin were formally dismissed last week. But keep in mind that John Landis was acquitted at his trial and the fallout from the Twilight Zone movie mishap was still massive and permanent. So do we think that we're going to see anything change? I, I, I've, I think we've seen a little bit, not a lot. We've seen... Um, a bunch of filmmakers say they're not going to have live, you know, guns on set. They're going to have, um, you know, prop guns. They're not going to have real guns that don't have ammo. I don't know that that's. I don't know if enough is the word we want to use, but I don't know that that's all that we're we're going to see if we want any kind of lasting change. I think it's it's much more about making sure that people don't skimp on the things then you know the 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 institutional failures that happened on that set that led to that you know should be easily corrected you would think but at the same time institutional failures are institutional for a reason they they take forever to fix because you can save money by not fixing them look at look at all these these things you know not to get political about it but you know everyone on one side of the aisle really seems to say the government's bad, right? The government's wrong, but they don't really say how they're going to do the things that the government needs to do. So like, oh, we don't want to have this. And you're like, sure. But also, how do you make sure you get the electricity or the or the uh, the water, the heat, whatever the thing is? So sure, it's easy to say, just make sure that the armorer is well-trained, right? Just make sure that there's a safety check going on. But especially on low budget sets, they often seem to be quick to save time and money by doing it other ways. Yeah, well, I think that's where the, the issue lies is, is it's going to be for the bigger sets. It's not, it's, you know, when you have, you know, big studio money, then you don't have to skimp out. That's, that's built into your $200 million price tag when you're doing it for, you, be, you better hope than, so. Yeah. Yeah. When you're doing it for less than 2 million or whatever, you know, a film goes for these days. Uh, for ultra low budget or or even bigger, I'm sure there's plenty of safety things that are you know corners cut. Um, you know, I and and unless uh, people are handing out bigger budgets to smaller films, which I don't think is is the case these days. Um, I don't I don't know I don't see any I don't see the long term effects. You're gonna have, to have a law, yeah. and you're gonna it's just just like any anything that you put into effect, you put in. You know, new rules and find people find new ways to, to get around them. Yeah. So, you you know, I think uh, we're, we got to just hope that it was it's an isolated tragedy and, and in, individual, I think, um, diligence takes over because I don't see the industry. The industry just kind of wanted to move on. After the initial hearing from all the filmmakers who said they were going to, you know, not use guns and then do and yeah. make this, that, the other change. I think pretty quickly things moved on, which is just kind of what happens. The thing and, is, uh, I'm, I'm surprised, you know, so with Baldwin, was he on potentially going to go to trial for the pulling of the trigger? Or yeah, for, for, for as a as a producer, because that's where I would think they would, you know, the longer term effects could could happen is if they went after the production and said, okay, yeah, they didn't. Well, I think that was never going to happen because um, the widow of the cinematographer was made a like producer or executive producer when they came back on. So I think that was probably part of the the deal. I don't know for sure. I don't want to speculate in case you know that is not the case. But it yeah. sure seems like it's not um, the case, and then yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's well, whatever it is though, it's like that's where I think if you're going to make change, you know, going after Alec Baldwin and not, you know what's going to happen? People are going to say, oh, poor Baldwin made a mistake, and he, you know, and he is paying the price, or or he's not, and they would have to do something that's going to set a precedent and say, guess what? You know what? You, you skimped out here. You cost a life indirectly but you did and now you're gonna yeah. now you're gonna pay the price for it 
kind of like the Fox, you know, the Fox News stuff with uh, Dominion. You know, I, I think that might be why your your Tucker Tucker Carlson is on the unemployment line because, you know, he, uh, I, I almost directly is involved not for the you know the full carrying the full weight of it, but uh, he's involved with you know the reason why they had to pay out three quarters of a billion dollars. You know, and couldn't I, happen to a nicer guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, not not. I won't say that I was cheering, but I was cheering. Um, when I heard that, I was quite, quite so, happy. So, uh, okay. you know, periodically, uh, Steve and I talk about potential new writers and stuff like that. Um, so we're going to ignore his resume, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I just don't, I, I can't imagine his, uh, his interviews going well. And when you were making the film, uh, like, you know, also I, he did, he doesn't, he's not very good on reading film because he obviously did not read the January 6th, uh, uh videos properly. He was saying, yeah, right. <laughs> what a horse's ass, you know, good riddance. So, well, that's, well, that's the thing. It's, this goes back to what we've talked about over the years. Just don't be an asshole. And yeah. there's a man who has made his career on being an asshole. Um, so, oh, well, um, we're gonna, we're gonna put a pin in some of the questions, I think, because like the, the horror Mount Rushmore, I think is such a miles question. We should have him on. Yeah. But um, let's get into a couple of the other questions and then we'll call it because I think Miles' uh, power is out. Is he like more a, for oh, good? Completely so, out. Wow. Yeah. So we'll come back to, I think, Vinny's question, but I'll quickly mention that he said uh, to answer about directors who peaked at movie one, he'd argue Sam Mendes, even though he loves Road to Perdition. So that would be American Beauty being his best movie. I might agree with that. Mm. Um, he also mentioned Valerie Ferris and Jonathan Dayton with uh, Little Miss Sunshine. What what do they do after that? Um, they did uh, Ruby Sparks. I think that might be the only feature they've made since then. Yeah. Oh, the, and Battle and Battle of the Sexes. Oh. Three All good right. movies, but I think their first one might be their best. Yeah, I. So I we'll do. come back to there. for sure. Yeah, and I want to come back to Vinny's uh, other like his actual question when we come back. Mendes, I would go. Um, I would say Road to Perdition, though. I don't think it's. I mean, uh, we people. Miles. Miles and I have talked about a lot how like American Beauty may may be ruined for us, but well, that doesn't help. I guess so. Yeah, um, and then Samuel uh, Lackland has a question for us. He says, "Today I realized that the Sound of Music has been removed from Disney Plus and is no longer available anywhere to watch online. Also, several shows I watch online have changed where it's available recently. Is it good to still have a big DVD Blu-ray collection, or should you just rely on streaming, even though there are so many different services?" He also says, also, Seinfeld is not widescreen originally or on DVD. It's widescreen on Netflix in Australia. Is it better for a show or movie to be widescreen or in its original screen size? He says, I subscribe to four different streaming services, but still have a large DVD collection, mostly movies. Um, as someone writing a Blu-ray column still and keeping physical media alive, I applaud that. Um, I think you can't have a one-size-fits-all approach anymore. That's sort of where I've fallen down on it in in recent years. I think if you just have um, the streaming services, there's going to be stuff you can't watch. If you just have DVDs, there's going to be stuff you can't watch. That's just sort of where we're at right now. There's never going to be one thing. You know, I, I remember my, my mom used to always say, if I would mention, oh, this movie might be good, you might like, oh, I'll watch it on HBO one day. That was sort of a catch-all for, like, it'll be on TV eventually. And, you know, there was a time where, like, HBO essentially had had the movies, right? If it was a movie you thought you were going to be interested in, HBO would eventually have it. Mm -hmm. But that time has has passed. And now you need to have nine nine different services to have everything. Well, you know, you know in the news also was the Netflix DVD finally shutting down. I know people mock yes. it, but I had it until earlier this year did because you, I about to say, of, did you send back your last one? I I, no, I I got charged seventeen bucks for it, but no, I am I, I am all caught up, and I had it almost. I had I was a, a Netflix subscriber for, I mean, very very early on in their in their run. You know, their library, their streaming library is is not great. You know, their originals and stuff, and their and their Netflix exclusives are good, but when it comes to, you know, do you want to watch the sound of music? All right, well that wasn't on there. That probably hasn't been on there in, in quite a while, and then it went to Disney and. Who knows where it goes into the vault or whatever the hell happens. 
Yeah. But when you wanted to, that film was available on, on Blu-ray and, and DVD. Uh, over the last couple of years, though, I did notice that whatever the film is, it used to be available in different formats and you'd get it in a couple of days. It, it got to the point where there was nothing available. It was only available on DVD and uh, there's no Blu-ray and things took weeks to come out. And when they were out, they took weeks to show up. It, it seemed like they kind of forgot about the service and were just waiting for uh, to hit a, a number and then uh, pull on the kill switch. Yeah, um, I But that. that was good. That was a solution because there's a lot of stuff that you couldn't. But now you don't have mm. that. Redbox is only very recent films for the most part. So where do you go other than buying them online? And and my concern is like you can't even go to like a Best Buy any longer. Mm. I don't know how much they carry of physical. They TVs. don't. Ha- they have very little. I I did this yeah. recently because I remember I was telling someone about you know years ago. It's gonna make us sound like old men, but we'll do it for a second. Um, like shoveling snow for money, right? That's a very New York, New Jersey thing, right? Especially if there was no school or you're on break. If you lived in an apartment complex and there was a parking lot nearby or, the, or the, the complex had a parking lot or, you know, if you lived in houses and you could go to everyone's driveway, you would you would go and shovel all day long. It sounds exhausting now. It sounds absurd that we did that. Like I'm hurting just thinking about it. But you would make, you know, a handful of, of – you'd do pretty well. And you usually had a thing you wanted to buy, right? It was with a goal in mind. I remember one time it was I wanted to buy the Alien Quadrilogy on DVD. And it was like 70 or 80 bucks. And I was like, okay, I know I got to make 70 or 80 bucks shoveling snow. That's And it used to be for movies. You'd go to Best Buy and they had everything, right? They, they had yeah. they had three, four, five, uh, you know, um, aisles worth yeah, yeah. Of, of movies. You know, the the drama aisle was like a whole, a whole rack. It wasn't like a quarter. I remember getting, you know, fairly indie movies because um, I wasn't ordering them online or anything at that point. Um, you know, when The Machinist hit DVD, you know, that's a movie that didn't make a lot of money in theaters. That movie caught on years later, right, as as people got way into Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. But that was at Best Buy the week it came out. Um, a movie I really love that nobody's seen, Imaginary Heroes with Scorny Weaver and uh, Emil Hirsch and Jeff Daniels. That's a it's a really underrated movie. I bought it there, you know, and you paid for it. It was like twenty five dollars for a DVD, which mm-hmm. is absurd. Yeah. But you did it. And and that used to be a highlight. Every Tuesday, I would go do some retail therapy, and uh, and get a get a movie or two. And obviously, I get them sent more and more over the years. So I wasn't going shopping in the same way. But I I've, I've gone into Best Buys, you know, get time before a screening, or you just want to go look for something. And it's it's sad. They have like one like like a middle like little like thing like a like a triangle's worth of movies. Yeah, yeah. And you had like a, yeah, like a standalone column of them we walk around there's probably you know maybe 40 40 films at best it's uh yeah. you know i i used to enjoy going in just to kind of browse through you know and say and you know it's like it was like the you know when record stores really existed um, oh yeah same, same thing. thing you'd i'd go with my friends we'd walk in and we'd just pretty much like you know work your way through it just like uh what's the film um uh, the one with Jack Black. Uh, high Fidelity. High Fidelity. There you go. One of my favorite People movies. sitting there, you know, and, and pulling out. It, you've seen them a thousand times, but there was something about it. And now you don't have that. You know, browsing around on Amazon doesn't have the same, uh, you know, it's not the same experience. Sure. That, going back to the Netflix thing, that's one thing I did like. It kept track of everything, every film you saw. And there were conversations and, and reviews and all that. Uh, I guess Last Letterboxd is kind of doing that now. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Letterbox has taken over that. Where I, I wish you could transfer. They should have. Uh, Netflix could have made a few bucks, had a transfer fee, because I had thousands of films rated. And now they're probably lost in the abyss. Um, I mean, but yeah, every, it's it's a, yeah, I know it's it, it's a it's kind of a, that's one reason actually. They told me like after three months, we erase your uh, we erase all of your data, and I'm like, oh crap. Um, yeah, I guess I'll pay my. 15 bucks a month just to make sure I don't lose it all. Yeah, now it's gone forever. I know it would be great because oh, I'd, I'd go back and add reference and see all the films like, wait, I don't recall that. Oh, yeah, I gave it two and a half stars. And, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. Time to, everything's changing, you know, going, you know, I mean, all, every conversation seems to be going through that. That It's all changing. CinemaCon's showing that and and um, the, the way of 
of DVDs. Uh, it's every it's and I don't know when we're gonna find our footing because right now a lot of the streamers are struggling because you know it went from one or two to what a half dozen, a dozen. Hmm. I don't even know how many we have at this point. So it's gonna no. be a little while before we see where where the chips fall and and how we're gonna be getting. I, I I'm guessing we're gonna start getting tiered access. I think you're gonna see. An HBO, <clears throat> sorry, it's called Max now. And then you'll have a Max mm. Plus that gives you access to the full library or something like that. I, the, uh, gonna, maybe. going to be some way that they're going to squeeze more money out of you. I mean, oh, well, that's without question. They will squeeze more money out of us because yeah. that's just the way it is. But we'll see. Um, before we wrap up, I'm, after we finish this, going to go finish because I'm halfway through Peter Pan and Wendy. But Steve has finished it. And uh, it comes out on Friday, but the uh, the embargo is up on on reaction. So you want to talk a little Peter Pan and Wendy real quick? Because next week, you and I will be able to tell Miles about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume oh, yeah. Three. Yeah, I'm excited and, for uh, that. The week after, Miles will be able. Yeah, I, I'm. This is this is interesting because I don't. There's been a a little bit of uh, I don't know if I want to call it Marvel fatigue for me. But for you, definitely. And just the sense of like not being excited for the next one. It's like, uh, all right, I just, I watch these, right? But this one, a lot of people seem really pumped for. Yeah, I wouldn't say for me, it's not true Marvel fatigue. It's just, I just can't go in there and, and praise everything and, and, and be as excited about them when the, the results haven't been uh, delivering at the level I'd like. You know, I, for I, you, yeah, you've been, you've yeah. been more hit or miss I, there. I, I, I think they had a, a better vision. I think they had a, a, a very easy follow to follow um, thread that would pass through. Yeah, you've talked from, about how, how like yeah. you're str- you you struggle with their current like building up, whereas yeah. initially you were way into the building up and how they pulled it off. Yeah, and I think what you know when you hear the answer you always get is well, I'm sure they have something in the, you know in the works, and then you're like another film passes, and you're still just not getting. I'm still not sold on it, so I right. don't. I don't think Guardians. I think Guardians will do its own thing and will have its uh, post credits that might connect to the bigger universe. But you know, but I'm barely. wondering, uh, especially with the current legal issues of certain uh, multi villains. Uh, I'm curious, you know, when this yeah, when well, it really uh... stabilizes because. I'd love to be as excited as I was in phase one. Sure. And that's a, that's a very complicated issue. <clears throat> yeah. Because yeah. there seems to be quite compelling stories on both sides, which is not usually the case. I don't want to get into it because yeah, yeah. if, if you know, for who, whichever. Yeah, exactly. But it this this seems to be like the epitome of of something in between. And and that's that's not good for anyone obviously but it also doesn't make for any narratives and i i have no idea what the industry on the whole will do because narratives are very important when it comes to this you know you want to you want to sell your story so if uh if somebody like look, 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 look at, we're just talking about guardians look at james gunn right sure the 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 conservative people went after him right and mm-hmm. disney kind of jumped the gun a little bit and fired him and then you know however many months it was of them listening to people be like, but we're not like mad about this one. And also the way he handled it was super important. Eventually led to them being like, we will. Part of it was also, I think they thought they would not have as good a movie without him, but they eventually invited him back. And then you see the opposite sides with, with Kevin Spacey's with, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the James Franco's. I mean, James Franco is sort of passively gone away, right. For the most part, or at least not been doing things on a higher profile. For whatever whatever the case may be, there. So you see, the ones that kind of clearly veer in one direction or another. But with this one, it's it's sort of impossible to know what's going to happen. Yeah. And there's the Marvel future caught in the middle. Not that that's the important part at all. You know, Fox Searchlight just spent a couple million dollars on Magazine Dreams, thinking they had an awards potential movie there. And uh, yeah, and also you know, there's there's this woman and possibly others, and then there's a there's this guy. You know, if he's being falsely accused in some way, what he's potentially lost. And if he's being properly accused, he hasn't lost everything yet. And that's not enough. So like, you know, it's a mess. Yeah. A mess is right. I, I haven't been keeping up that closely. I, I Maybe about a week ago or two weeks ago, I uh, some news dropped a little bit. 
And yeah, uh, I, but I, I try know, like, not to keep up. Yeah, that's how I'm not. I'm not big on it. I, I just hope for the best, and I'm hoping. Exactly. I want to know if I basically. I, I don't. This sounds worse than it, I mean it, but I just want to know guilty or innocent at the end of the day because. Oh yeah. I, I I don't like like it's the same way people who love true crime and stuff like that. I'm not really into the true crime. I don't need to hear about everything that happened, good and bad. Like if this is if essentially. It's really reductive to say, just tell me, is he a good guy or a bad guy? Because that's, that's really if he's a bad guy, I'm happy to wash my hands. If this is some sort of, like, um, more muddled thing, like, someone will figure it out. It's also just, like, it's not our business. Like, mm-hmm. it's between the people who had it happen to him. And obviously, because he's a celebrity, everyone thinks it's their business. But I just, if they're a bad person, they should be held accountable. If they're being falsely accused, hopefully they're they're cleared. But... It's, I don't know, it's just, it becomes a mess and it's not, uh, I don't get anyone who enjoys it. But yeah, I, I, I think last week, you're right, there was like some degree of perhaps information that came out that was beneficial to him, but nothing really since then. So I think it's going to be a very slow walk because also Marvel doesn't have to do anything for a while. It's once they have to make a decision that you'll see whether the the industry has sort of made yeah. a decision or not. I'm just hoping but, I don't want to see another media circus. If he's if he's a yeah. bad guy, then let it be known. Well, that's that's where also what you've done or not done does somewhat matter. There are shades of gray. This like look at Aziz, yeah. right? Aziz eventually people came around to like okay, not great, but in the grand scheme of what we're getting mad about this is relatively minor this is not a career ender especially if he is in fact like showing remorse and and making changes as opposed to predators you know overt predators who you know need to essentially be removed from society so we'll see but all that to say we'll be talking about guardians of the galaxy next week um (laughs) disney was thrilled about that one but uh here save save their bacon for a minute talk about peter pan and wendy before we close up shop peter pan and wendy it was actually quite sweet and 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 enjoyable i went in mainly because of the filmmaker otherwise i would have watched it if my daughters wanted to and i might have skipped it if not for him honestly yeah, that's the biggest draw for me. It's like I want, especially after the Green Knight, I wanted to see what he does next. Did you like um, Peach Dragon? Yes, because this is very much him in Peach Dragon mode. From the again, I'm I'm part way through. Yeah, I mean it's and what he delivers, it's it's kind of familiar feeling. It does it doesn't go. This isn't one of those films where you say, "Oh my gosh, the the director went nuts and and." Strip like kind of the like Halloween with uh with Rob Zombie. Oh, you people, you always get back to Halloween. Don't I always you? go back to Halloween, but it's just an easy example. And people are like, oh, you you gutted it. You you had something to work with, and you chose to, you know, do your own thing. This isn't that. This still feels like a Disney Peter Pan, but just hmm. done very well. And I think um, your Captain Hook, uh, and, and what's his name, uh. Jude Law. Jude Law. Sorry. It's almost one o'clock in the morning. So we're we're finishing up. We're finishing up. I'll cut that out. But uh, Jude Law is great. Uh, uh, Jim Gaffigan, I enjoyed quite a bit. But the overall feel of it, the the look of it, I think it's beautifully done. Uh, There's obviously some CGI, but it never goes over the top of the CGI. Uh, Never makes you feel like you're watching an animated film with people Mm. in it. It always feels like it's fit. It's set in reality, um, but I just think overall, I, I was really pleased with it. And I think it it does get a little bit heavier than more than most Peter Pans do that I've seen or that I recall, um, mm-hmm. and that works. But you know, I, I didn't want to see something that didn't feel like Peter Pan. No, that's the thing. I did see some complaints online. Oh, well, this is. You know, it doesn't have the edge I was hoping for. I'm like, what edge are you expecting? It's Peter Pan on Peach Disney+. Peach Dragon didn't have, an, didn't have an edge. Like, yeah. he knows how to, he knows he, what he's doing. It's a, it's a good film. And I think it's it's got a very classic feel to it. In that listen, I've, they tried that. They made Wendy, if you remember. Ben Zeitlin made Wendy a handful of years ago. And that wasn't like edgy, but it was definitely a more adult skewing version of Peter Pan and Wendy. And I did not care for it. Yeah. And I don't remember it. So therefore, uh, you know, it didn't make much of a 
it was Beast of the Southern Wild by way of uh, Peter Pan, and it just wasn't what I wanted. Yeah, but this this is a very classic feel to it in a good way. It, I mean, it erases. I the original Peter Pan on uh, Disney Peter Pan is good, but I don't think it's as beloved as as a lot of their films. You know, it's kind of just yeah floats around and is not forgotten. But you know, it's well. There. There's also only so many ways you can interpret it. Yeah, but this takes this is this is actually one that I think you know what it's it refreshes it. We're it's probably 50, 60 years since that one came out, and it does a good job to have a Disney version of Peter Pan in, in a in a way that I think people will watch over and over again. If this was if this film came out while cinema you know theaters were at their peak, I think it would be a huge hit. Um, their decision to to go to Disney Plus now, you know, I, I'm sure they. It's well thought out, but in, it, um, my point is, is that in another era, I think this would be a huge success. Um, yeah, I can see that. You know, and and, and people wouldn't be I, most people who will be seeing this film or who will be watching it this you know on its release are not going for the director. They're going to go no. to see a, a a good Peter Pan film, and that's what you get. It's a very good Peter Pan film. I think it's you know it's hard to say. I haven't seen the animated film in a while. But you know, I think it might be better. Um, okay. You know, it's hard to compare animated oh, and live yeah. action sixty years apart. But I'm gonna. I I quite enjoy it. Out. I, I I'm was, gonna check I was, out the rest uh, of it. It was moving shortly. All right. I'm I'm. They were they had just sort of gotten to Never Never Land when I paused it. So that's when it, that's it when up. it picks up. Yeah, that's which Good, is always I was, the case in Peter Pan. I was tired, so it, was, it wouldn't have been fair to the movie to continue. So. I will uh, finish tonight, and uh, Friday, you will get reviews of both films from myself. Unless, Steve, you want to review uh, Peter Pan? Uh, oh, no. Not for not for Friday. I didn't think so. Not, no, <laughs> no. Can okay. you hear me right now? I will. Sleep. Okay, there you go. So that's what we'll do. Let's wrap up. Miles is dealing with a power outage, so you can follow him at uh, Miles on Film, right? Yes. Yes. Miles with a um, Y. Yes. And uh, Steve, say where you can be followed and um, dealer's choice. Throw out anything you want. Promote All whatever right. you're proud of recently. Hmm. I don't know. Not proud of much. <laughs> well, oh, there you go. Look at the ribs. By the way, I have broken ribs. So if you hear me groaning or every once in a while oh, interrupting and making it, yeah, like a pause, that's me partially dying. Um, Steve, was, uh, Steve was trying to do that thing that everyone... You know, never mind. I was going to make a trying to give yourself head joke and I decided oh, not geez. to. Well, you want to tell people how it actually happened? Yeah, basketball. But, you know. See, he was playing with some balls and it happened. So. Yeah, it happens. Um, so, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. You can find Where me on found? Twitter and Letterboxd at Filmstork. Uh, also, give the verse a listen. We have uh, five, five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, one of the the cast members of that show was a surprise guest host, and it's quite a bit of fun. So if you're cool. interested in in that a film and you want a little bit, he doesn't give any insight because he's not allowed to, but does talk about the fandom, and then we talk about a whole bunch of other fun stuff. Um, and oh yeah, go check out you know Emmy season is upon us. I know it, it's months away, but just like Oscars, all the hype and all the you know, all the uh, contender interviews and so on and so forth, the FYCs and all that stuff, it's all rolling. It's it's all going at full yeah, steam ahead. We, uh, we've got <clears> – we have an uptick in uh, in interviews lately. Some of oh, them yeah. are, are Emmy-centric. I mean my – I just put one up with uh, Bill Nye, oh, yeah? the science yeah. guy. Uh, I, so that was very cool. I, uh, I have my most recent one is uh, with Sam Hannity from mm-hmm. yellow jackets she plays the young misty and she was fantastic and if you're a fan of the show and you've if you've watched it especially in the last episode give it a listen because she gets into uh shooting certain scenes she gets into the psyche of the character That's gives cool. me the backstory of who she is a whole bunch it's not just like you know a light light conversation if you're a fan we cover a lot so uh, definitely we watch have, that, uh, and and more will be coming. I have uh, another interview with uh, Phil Dunster coming soon. Jamie nice. Tart from Ted Lasso, a return engagement there. 
Um, I've already done, and it's waiting for um, a predetermined date to release. Um, I have, uh, I spoke to Chris Messina about Air. So that'll be coming out soon as well. And uh, yeah, plenty, plenty more. So you guys should keep it, uh, keep it here. And, and we will if, be back. One, one thing real quick. If you, even if you've been on the site and there's nothing new, go back through our interviews. There's, I mean, we've got hundreds at this point. I think we've got 450 or so on YouTube alone. But then there's just mm-hmm. written interviews. There's audio interviews. I mean, from the, uh, you know, across TV, across television, uh, behind the scenes, the below the line, all the crafts showrunners, directors, actors. There's tons of stuff. You don't have to only show up and read the, listen to the new stuff or watch the, or read the new stuff. There's plenty. I mean, a lot of the stuff is evergreen if you're a fan of, uh, of, of filmmaking or the fan of the, the subject. So go back and check it all out. Awesome. Trust me. Yes. Good stuff. And uh, Steve, are you up to date on Ted Lasso? Not, not episode seven. Okay. Because I'm... I'm up to date on Ted Lasso and uh, still a very good show. Just gonna say that. Yeah, it is. I I have to wait for my wife though. Otherwise, yeah. notably good show, Ted Lasso. Otherwise, I get um, more broken ribs. Here you go. Well, from well, yeah, <laughs> that works for either joke. All right, we'll be back next week. Miles will keep us in line next time. Um, feel free to let us know what you guys thought of Bo if you saw it. Um, send us more questions and uh, yeah, stay tuned for. Spoiler-free Guardians of the Galaxy discussion next week. My review will be up uh, on Friday, so prepare for that. And until then, we will see you at the movies. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content. <laughs>